Welcome to the One for the Money podcast. I'm your host, Johnny West. I'm a certified financial planner, and here I will teach you the tips, tricks, and strategies I use to help others retire early. This is the easy button when it comes to early retirement. Everything you want or need to know is right here. I'm so glad you join us on the show. Welcome to episode 16 of the One for the Money podcast. I'm always glad and grateful you take the time to listen. June is the season of graduation, and so the episodes airing this month will focus on the cost of college and how best to pay for it. Today's episode is part two. In the tips, tricks, and strategies portion, I'll share five factors to consider when navigating the college funding maze. Thank you for listening. Now on with the show. In part one of my series on the cost of college and how best to pay for it, I explained that Americans' focus on the cost of college has increased, and for good reason. $1.7 trillion is the level of student loan debt in the United States. Yes, I said trillion. In fact, student loan debt is the second highest consumer debt category behind only mortgage debt. That means Americans have more amounts of debt via student loans than they do for both credit cards and auto loans, which seems astounding. In part one, I also focused on why college became so expensive. Think good government intentions and the law of unintended consequences, which really created a transfer of wealth from young adults to the intellectual class, notably professors and administrators. I also share my own experience with student loans, which I paid off many years ago. You can hear more about this in episode 15. Today, I'll be sharing about the amazing 529 college savings accounts, because these are a much better way to help pay for future college expenses. In a 529 account, you have your money grow, so there's more of it when your kids or grandkids attend college. And that's why I save for my own kids' colleges with 529 accounts and help clients do the same. Now, you might be thinking, I'm intrigued. Just what are these 529 accounts? Well, let me start with a brief explanation. 529s are simply investment vehicles to help you pay for college. You invest after-tax money, so money that's already been taxed, your salary, and then you invest these monies in a 529 account. And it will grow and you never have to pay taxes again. When you take the money out, you use it to help pay for qualifying college expenses. Examples of these would include tuition, fees, books, computers, and even room and board. Now, 529s are even more phenomenal than they may initially appear. While the general strategy of a 529 seems pretty straightforward, you invest after-tax money in mutual funds and ETFs and have it grow over a period of time, there is actually much more that meets the eye when it comes to what you can do with them. I attended a presentation from a gentleman that worked on the draft legislation. Of course, 529s are a product of Congress. And he worked with the lead senator of the United States who told him that the 529s would be the most powerful wealth transfer vehicle available to the American public. And here are five rather fascinating facts and features 
about why 529s are so powerful. The first feature, I explain it as help yourself. Now, you can name anyone on a 529 account as a beneficiary. You could name any relative, even a friend, even a stranger, or even yourself. This podcast is about early retirement. And maybe one of your goals in your early retirement is to go back to school. And so you can start saving now to have tax-free funds to help offset that cost. Now, most people invest in 529s to help offset the costs of college for their kids or grandkids, which is also a great strategy, but you could use these for yourself as well. The second feature, I explain it as embrace change. Now, what if you or your child or grandchild doesn't want to go to college? Well, you can change the beneficiary of a 529 at any time to another person. You could name yourself or another child or a grandchild or a niece or a nephew, etc. There is so many different options you have of beneficiaries whom you could name. The third feature that I call is back to the future. You can actually save now for future yet to be born beneficiaries. Now, this principle is pretty simple when you combine facts one and two that I just explained. You can open up a 529 and name yourself as the beneficiary. That's fact one. And in the future, you can then change the beneficiary to someone else, say your future born child. That's fact two. Therefore, parents and grandparents can start saving now for their heirs that they'll have in the future. This increased amount of time allows you to potentially realize more of the benefits of compound growth as it really is the investment times interest to the exponent of time where you get this growth. Or in other words, if you want to improve the growth of your account, give yourself more time for it to grow. The fourth feature regarding 529s is what I call timeless With most 529s, there are no required minimum distributions. This means money can be left to compound or grow for multiple generations. You can't do this with non-retirement or retirement accounts, which have to be distributed at a certain age or at death. If your kids don't use all of the money, you can let it grow for another few decades until the next generation needs it. This can create a significant educational legacy. The final feature with 529s is something that I call stacked. The annual gift tax exclusion in 2022 is $16,000 per taxpayer, or for a married couple, it is $32,000. In other words, there is no taxable consequence to either party for gifts of this value. So you can give anyone $16,000, or you and your spouse could give anyone a stranger a child, you know, a niece, a nephew, $32,000 per year, and there isn't any taxable consequence. This is called the annual gift exclusion. Now with 529s, they allow you to actually put five years worth of such annual gift exclusions to anyone you want in a single year. So instead of doing 16,000 per individual, or 32,000 per couple, you could put five years worth at one time. Now you can't make any additional contributions in the subsequent four years, but it does allow you to stack the contributions. 
And this is why it's so powerful for the ultra wealthy. An individual could contribute up to $80,000 at one time to as many individuals as they wanted. And a married couple could contribute $160,000 per beneficiary because of the five years worth of contributions at $32,000. Now, let's say you had some really wealthy grandparents with 10 grandchildren. Well, they could remove up to $1.6 million from their estate in just one year because they had 10 grandchildren and they contributed $160,000 to each of their grandchildren for their college savings accounts. You know, we all want our kids to graduate from college so they have better and higher paying jobs and are less likely to be unemployed, as I explained in part one. So it's important we are careful about how we go about paying for college. Please know that as a parent, you should only contribute to your kid's college savings after you have an emergency fund, no high interest debt, and, and this is a big and, you are on track for retirement. As I like to share with clients, sure, your kids would like for you to pay for their college, but they won't like it when you have to move in with them because you didn't save enough for retirement. Additionally, it seems kids study quite a bit harder when they know they are paying for a portion of that cost as well. You know, as a certified financial planner, I help parents and grandparents navigate the challenging choices when it comes to paying for college so that the best outcomes can be achieved for all parties. If you'd like to schedule a meeting to discuss, you can go to my website at betterplanningbetterlife.com. Now onto the tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast. In today's tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast, I'll share five important factors to consider when it comes to navigating the college funding maze. While 529s can be a tremendous help to pay for college, it's really only part of the financial strategy you need to consider. So here are five factors that you need to consider, and these came from a webinar I attended for financial planners on the subject. The first factor you need to consider is to determine how much colleges think you can afford. Now, you might be thinking, what does that mean, what colleges think I can afford? Well, colleges will charge you based on what they believe you can afford, not necessarily what they say the tuition is, because the sticker price of college isn't the same for everyone. It's impacted by your expected family contribution, which is calculated via the FAFSA form, also known as FAFSA, which stands for Free Application for Federal Student Aid. Now, colleges will look at parents and student assets and parents and students' income, and they'll determine what you'll be able to pay for college. So let's say there was a college and the sticker price said $50,000. And for high-income parents with lots of assets, they'll pay $50,000. But if a student from a household whose parents have low income and low assets, they may only charge them $20,000. And so it's important to understand what colleges think that you can afford. And 
parents' assets and income are factored actually at a much lower percentage than students. Students' income and assets are factored much higher. And some assets are assessable and some are not. For example, of a non-assessable asset would be retirement accounts. That's not going to count against you. Now, the second factor you need to consider is determine how much your family can actually afford. Now, you can use 529 savings projections and you can look at what your parents and students' assets will be at the time your kids go to college. Look at what the tax credits may be and other factors so you can determine your all-in four-year cost of college. Now, far too many people don't look at these calculations. Rightly so, they're so focused on the application and getting admitted to college, they don't look at the financial implications as well. But unfortunately, too many achieve their college dream by graduating from a particular university only to end up having a student loan nightmare as a result. And, you know, they're saddled with student loan debt and they can't begin saving for retirement and they miss out on years of compound growth. Now, you definitely want to have this discussion with your kids well before they get the acceptance letters to college. You should determine what colleges you can afford before you even apply. It's much more difficult to talk them out of a college once they've been accepted, particularly if it's one they really want to go to. Factor three, you need to determine how to find schools that will be most generous with financial aid. As I mentioned before, the sticker price of college is irrelevant as there is merit and need-based scholarships at schools, which pay for approximately 31% of the cost. And private colleges discount their tuition by 53.9% on average. So I also need to note here that there will be some major changes starting in 2024 and 2025 in how they calculate what families can contribute and the expected family contribution calculation will be changed to what's called the SAI or the Student Aid Index. And so there'll be some much simpler calculations in the future. Just want to make you aware of that. The fourth factor to consider is determining your out-of-pocket cost. Now, it's too complicated to get into here, but suffice it to say, colleges rank students' needs and merits differently and will provide different amounts. There's a lot of factors that go into it, but once you determine what your out-of-pocket cost will be with the various colleges, you can understand what your entire college funding gap would be. And that's the final point. And this is just about crunching numbers. You determine what the net cost would be after the merits and the need scholarship and considering your expected family contribution. Then you less the loan approvals that you would receive and then see what you would end up owing and see if your 529 balances could cover it. Uh, now, if you think you could get an athletic scholarship or your child could, only 1% of high school athletes actually receive a scholarship. Finally, while most parents worry about paying for college, they really need to worry about their own retirement first. Your college students will have the rest of their lives to save for retirement. You, on the other hand, have a much shorter runway. Better to pick an affordable college or attend a junior college for a few years first and put your kids and yourself on a much better path. Thank you again for listening and I hope you found this helpful. Thank you for listening and until next time, remember that no one builds wealth by accident. 
If you want to learn more about how to build wealth to retire early, head on over to my website at betterplanningbetterlife.com. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. There is no assurance that the techniques and strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. The purchase of certain securities may be required to affect some of the strategies. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Economic forecasts set forth may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee that strategies promoted will be successful. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Individual tax and legal matters should be discussed with your tax or legal professional. Johnny West is a registered representative with and securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC.